Hello and welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins and thank you for your company. I usually interview pilgrims and they share their experiences of the Camino de Santiago, the way of St. James. But this week, it's a different approach. My guest is the American writer and blogger, Rebecca Scott. Rebecca now owns and runs the peaceable kingdom in Moratinos, halfway across the French Way. She's currently on the east coast of the United States and is very kindly given us half an hour of her time. Rebecca, welcome. Thank you, Dan. It's very good to be here. So your first Camino was in 2001. In my previous podcasts, everyone I've spoken to says the Camino was life-changing for them. And I'm guessing, seeing as you now live on the Camino, it's safe to say it had a pretty big impact on you. Oh, no doubt. Um, My Camino experience dates back to 1993. When I went there professionally, I was a travel writer for a magazine. And that's where the changes began was just that first 10-day trip Uh, meeting the Camino and just being blown away by the fact that it existed. And it took me uh, up till 2001 to clear out enough space in my life to make the walk myself. And I still very much consider myself a pilgrim. And I just kind of help other pilgrims out too. So um, I can't say I'm not a pilgrim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you and your husband, Patrick, were newspaper journalists in the state of Ohio. Could you ever have imagined you'd end up in Spain to retire running (laughs) a little little place in Spain? Well, at the time in Ohio, um, that was part of my plan. That's one of the reasons I I stayed in Ohio for several years. And then I went to my home city in Pittsburgh for two or three years, finally. Uh, During the whole time, I I was aiming toward getting out, skipping out of the rat race and uh, getting to Spain to, to change my life. And it took many years to, to pull that off. But thank God and thank Providence that, yeah, it's, it's working out. It's, it's the best thing I ever did. Wow, that's fantastic. We'll get to that. And I want to talk about your day-to-day life and your interaction with pilgrims a little later. But let's talk about you as a pilgrim. How many times would you say you have walked the Camino then since 1993? Oh, well, um, 93 I did bits and pieces. Uh, but I did the whole thing from, from Roncesvalles to... Um, to the to the very end to the ocean in um, 2001 and I did it again in 2010 from Roncesvalles over again um, and in between I've did bits and pieces of several different caminos and have you know got into the into guide writing for the shorter ones that mostly the mountain ones that uh, are a little more remote um, I like to play pioneer and um, so I can't say how many caminos I've done or even how many Compostelas I have, because I don't, those don't really count so much for me anymore. It's the experience of walking. So Can there's I, no easy answer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Can I ask you then if there, could you give us your favorite part? Is there a section that you're particularly fond of? Um, my favorite part of the Camino Frances or any Camino? Any Camino. Oh, wow. <laughs> you ask oh, hard oh, questions. Okay, what about Camino Francis then? Okay. Well, no, I have my very favorite Camino part probably is um, I love the, the San Salvador, the, the Camino between Leon and Oviedo. It goes straight north into the mountains. Yeah. It's a five-day walk, and it has a little bit of everything, for something for everyone. It's very challenging. It's You go through the mountains, but... It is spectacular. I love it. And you end up at the coast. 
No, you end up in Oviedo, the beautiful city in in uh, um, Asturias, very green, green place, very English feel. Um, but meantime, you go through mountains and you go along creeks, and that's the only time I've ever seen live otter in the wild. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So it's got a little bit of everything. And you go through these old steel towns, broken coal mining villages, which is where I come from, um, the mountains, and then into this green, green part of Asturias, which is like being in Ireland or in England. It's a little bit of everything. How fantastic. So, yeah, I, I recommend it to, to anyone who's done the Frances and loves Caminos and loves, loves um, deep Spain. If I asked you to cast your mind back to the very first time you walked the Camino, can you remember what your initial motivation was, Rebecca? Well, the initial, in 93, I was there for, to make money. I was a, a journalist and I had a free trip to this cool place in Spain where I had never been. Um, but when I did the Camino in 2001, my motivation was, was um, I, it seemed, I knew it was magic. I wanted to be a part of that magic. And... I wanted to, to live that, that magical place. And wow, did I. I loved it. It, was, it just blew me away. And, and do you still feel the magic today, having walked so many parts of it so many times? Um, oh, sure I do. Um, it's not as easy to feel because you are having to pay the bills and, um, and deal with some not always wonderful people. Um, <clears throat> but, oh, yeah, it's the place itself is got a serious juju and I'm very very happy to be a part of it um, <laughs> a serious juju yes it does indeed <laughs> it's it's funny uh, everybody I've spoken to so far over the last eight weeks has spoken about the spiritual and, and mystical nature uh, an Australian author and filmmaker Bill Bennett said uh, it's the energy of all those hundreds of thousands of people having walked over so many hundreds and hundreds of years that you're mm -hmm. walking in their footsteps. Do you feel it? Do you feel that kind of energy and, and that juju in a day-to-day -day sense when you're living there and, and it's, it's part of your life? Well, yes, it, it, it can be. You can do. If you are a spiritual person, if you have a, a lively inner life, yes, you can plug into the spirituality of, of anywhere, any, any place you are. So, uh, oh, for, for sure. Um, I have no doubt about it. But if you are, if you're not into that sort of thing, so to speak, you know, so you're not going to get that. And I, I hate to be exclusive, and I hate to be judgy or whatever you want to call that. But no, this is how it is. Um, spiritual people get a whole lot more out of this experience, and non-spiritual people can, you know, s discover the spirituality that lives in them in this place because it's so lively. That is very much the case. That is very, you put that beautifully, that if you do open yourself up to it, it is very easy to access, isn't it? Yes, I try to remember that. Um, as, the, as the Camino becomes more and more commercialized, um, you, you do lose some of that, that instant karma, instant feeling of, of wonderfulness. But I try to tell myself, you know, today's tourist is tomorrow's pilgrim. And I have to be patient and compassionate and, and know that, it's not up to me. It's up to the Camino to do. It's, it's magic on people. Some people are going to get it and some people won't. And it's not up to me to decide who's worth it and who's not. My uncle's uh, wife uh, walked the Camino a couple of years ago. and She was very much a mentor for me in, in many ways. And I pl 
sent her the link to the podcasts and she was listening just over the weekend and she wrote to me, Dan, welcome to the flock, the eclectic <laughs> gathering of peregrinos bonded together by, hmm, what, love, yeah. perhaps? She says, no other word quite seems to capture the essence of the Camino. So true, isn't it? That spirituality, in a sense, is love. Yes, and it's, well, it's something beyond love. Uh, love is very such a wonderfully human thing. But um, and the, the love you get on the Camino is, is the tough kind and very, very demanding, very difficult at times. But um, it, there's always a lot of grace, but there's a good bit of suffering there. And it's very demanding, and it can get right in your face. Um, if it's if it's love, it's it's a tough love for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I found Rebecca when I walked, the thought of having all that time inside my own head was kind of daunting. Um, it, it, do you feel that still today when you walk, or do do you have enough things to worry about running a business on the Camino that you you're sort of stewing over things, or do you have time? to create that space in your head to really, to really investigate your own thoughts still today? Oh, yes. Well, it's, it's not a matter of being on the Camino. Um, because I have a lively inner life I, and I practice spiritual discipline, I don't have to be on the Camino to, to have the juju and to feel, feel the love. Yeah. Because the, the love is in us everywhere all the time. We feel it more strongly on the Camino because of whatever the Camino is. But, you know, there's bajillions of people all over the world who are spiritually alive and who live happy spiritual lives without ever seeing Spain. So I don't like to, to say that the, the Camino is, is a yeah. wonderfully, exclusively yeah. wonderful place because it's, it's something that's in us everywhere all the time. Would you then say, if I could just investigate or, or just ask you a question about that spirituality and the, and the living with the spirituality every day, is it hard work? Do you think it's hard work? Oh. Yeah, you ha- it is. It's it is a spiritual discipline. You have to take the time out of your your taking care of business, to um, to go get quiet and listen and to you know do some maintenance on your own spirit all the time. Well, otherwise the place will drive you up the wall. <laughs> uh, the pi- or the pilgrims will. Um, Spain pushes back. It's not always that easy to live there, um, and pilgrims can be very demanding and very difficult. Um, and giving and giving and giving and giving all the time can really make you tired and worn out. So you really do need to maintain yourself and and um, take good care of your own spirit. And while you're you're taking care of all the animals, and I want to make clear that we are not a business. Our house is just where we live. We don't make money there. We we're not uh, enterprise. We're strictly nonprofit. We just open the house to people. We don't charge them anything. Um, so it's it's not like I have the worries of paying sales tax or or um, having inspections and things because it is simply two rooms in our house with beds for pilgrims, and we share our dinner and our breakfast with them, and um, so it's it's not that worrisome really. Well, let's talk about let's talk about some I suppose nuts and bolts of the Camino. If someone Rebecca was listening and they're thinking of walking, thinking of uh, of taking it. It up. What would be the one thing you recommend they take? What is essential when you walk the Camino? Wow, that, that you're asking great questions. You should get into journalism. <laughs> um, what's essential? Well, you got to have got to have your backpack. Um, 
and some good shoes. But um, I think you you got to have an open mind. Got to yeah. be ready for anything. And um, the, the, I think what's most important is what you don't take. Um, and the most important thing to leave behind is expectations. And when you're on these these pilgrim forums and information boards, everyone wants to plan everything so far in advance and know exactly what what brand of shoelaces you need to put in their boots that they that they come over here ready to scale Everest, and they know exactly where they're staying every night of the trip, and they know exactly what experience they're going to have. And well, no, that's this is a pilgrimage; it's an adventure. So you have to leave a lot of that planning and all of those expectations behind, or, you, or you're just going to have a nice holiday. And this is not a holiday. This is a pilgrimage. There's a whole lot more to the Camino than a nice walking holiday. Um, and I get a lot of flack for this. people say I'm being judgmental saying these things, but hey, this is my opinion, and you're going to get it. <laughs> if you don't like it, you can switch it off. Exactly. But Yeah. Yeah. But, but um but you know you bring yeah bring what you need to to get along bring a minimal amount you you can get away with because you can buy everything you need over here in Spain um and just just walk don't worry about where you're going to stay and who you're going to meet and um just do it just let all that stuff go and walk and it will reveal itself to you it's one of the great it's one of the great privileges and joys of the Camino is knowing that all you have to do tomorrow is walk. Rebecca, you and your husband established the House of Welcome. The sign out the front says Peaceable Kingdom. Tell us a bit about your home, because as you said to us earlier, it's not an albergue, it's your home, and you're opening your home to others. Yeah, it's a it's an old finca. It's a it's a farm compound. It's uh, it's a big farmhouse and a barn and a patio. Uh, out back is a garden and wood store and chicken coop mm. where we have chooks. Um, we have several dogs who kind of showed up at our house and two cats. And we're very great animal lovers, as you can tell. Yeah. And we have lots of space. There's only two of us living there. So we've um, we've always had extra room. And since the day we bought the place, we've had pilgrims staying with us. Um, and... It's, as, as years go on, we improve, and it, the place has become much more livable than it first was. I just recently finished writing a novel about, or a memoir about life there and how it got established. Um, but anyway, that's a whole other thing. I'll come back and plug that some other day. No, no, you but, can uh, plug it. We'll, we'll plug it at the end, but go on. <laughs> i got to publish it first. But uh, anyway, that's uh, the house is, it's, there's um, a room downstairs that was a salon, and it has three single beds for pilgrims and a double room upstairs for if there's a couple or if someone's staying with us for a longer time to help us out, we let them stay up there. Um, we often have pilgrims who, who come who are somewhat broken and they'll want to stay longer. And so we'll cut a deal. A lot of times they're skilled laborers or um, they'll, they can stay and help Patrick while I go out and do a Camino or something. So it's a, an ongoing kind of parade of, of different people in and out. And it keeps our lives very interesting. Um, and we can collected all kinds of interesting stories over the years. Um, nice I, place. And it's in the village itself that we're, it's in is 20 people. So they keep our lives interesting as well. Um, being in a, in a very re- remote sort of Spanish, very Castilian Spanish town. 
they the neighbors are a lot of interesting characters as well. Do you cook Spanish food or North American food? Uh, we cook everything. Right. My husband's a pretty good cook. He's my husband's English, um, and thank God he doesn't cook English food. But um, <laughs> he he cooks a lot of good Spanish food, and I I cook well. We cook a good variety of things. We do one of our house specialties is um, Thai green curry chicken. Oh. Um, so even though a lot of pilgrims find it a little too challenging, we have to tone it down. Um, just sort of school dinners. A lot of times the pilgrims like something that's comforting and high carb and and we like things that are not too expensive. So um, yeah, we we eat very, very well. And a lot of times we'll have the pilgrims cook for us and that can lead to some wonderful adventures as well. I've just finished reading a book by two Australians, Alsa Piper and Tony Doherty. And Rebecca Alsa says a hotel clerk in Cordoba once said to her, a tourism makes demands for many things, whereas a pilgrim gives thanks even when given nothing. Is that right? Is that your experience? Well, um, I, I don't like to rap on the tourists too much because they don't know any better. Um, and a lot of a lot of pilgrims can be pretty demanding too. Yeah, I bet. So that, that I know that I know exactly what that person's talking about. Is that's a a truism that's printed on the wall of many of albergue. Um, and it's this little Spanish refrain too. But um, I think it somewhat oversimplifies things. But um, yeah, there are, it is wonderful to have, have gratitude for things. And I think that's one of the things that a real pilgrimage will, will make you, you become much more gracious and much more um, thankful for even small things that come your way. And I, the thing is not so much pilgrims versus tourists, but people who still are in a consumer mindset versus people who have experienced grace and have a gracious heart. Um, and they can, they can be the same people. And I have to be kind. <laughs> <laughs> but can, yeah. I, can I ask you then, do you enjoy opening your home? Oh, I, wouldn't, I would never do it if I didn't like it. We do it because we like it um, and because we, we enjoy the people. And that, and I come from a really pretty um, hospitable family. And um, my family was always very compassionate about letting people stay over. And we were military people, and uh, there'd always be some poor drunk sailor my dad would bring home to dry out on the sofa. Um, and always, you know, bringing people home or give, going out and um, giving people dinner on the holidays and uh, you don't let anybody sleep outside it's just not done so I guess I, I picked that up as I grew up yeah. and here we have um, and it's nice too because there's a whole network of people like us in Spain and we all know who we are who we know each other so we can tell somebody who's traveling with nothing that look you can find a place to sleep here and you can stop at this place because um, like us, we are not advertised in any of the guides. We don't list ourselves. Um, we're kind of a stealth albergue. But um, <clears throat> when, when people don't have resources, they, they do have a place to stay. Um, I find it really objectionable to, that people are let to sleep outdoors when there's perfectly good shelter for them in the town. So I wonder then, could I ask you, do you still learn from pilgrims who arrive on your doorstep? Oh, for sure. 
they're, they're the best teachers in the world. Yeah. Um, there's some super wise people out there. And the, you learn more from the foolish people often than you do from the wise ones. Um, and you, you can see your own blind spots when you, if somebody's really rubbing you the wrong way and you're not quite sure why. Um, you can look inside yourself and see, okay, what is this? You know, why? <laughs> What's the problem here with, with me? Um, so I have to, it's, you have to keep your self-awareness tuned up and not just be emotional. Just real, you know, th- there's education for, out there for you every single day. You're back in the mm-hmm. States um, as we speak. Uh, what do your friends and family make of your decision to pack up and go? Well, um, my mother was very upset about it um, when I decided to leave. But then she raised me in the military. and We moved every two or three years. And she said, well, after a while, it, it occurred to her that she, I was just being the, the daughter she raised. Um, I, I had always moved, and I continued to do so throughout my career. I, as you move up in newspapers, you have to move locations. Yeah. You move into a bigger paper, a bigger market. And my kids were used to me cutting out, and my mother and my family were, uh, it's just the way we've always kind of been. So, And my kids are... are great travelers themselves. My daughter speaks better Spanish than I do. So, um, yeah, they, they're kind of cool with having another place to, to go to on holidays and such. So, it's so let, not bad. Let's go then to Morantinos. Morantinos. How, well, what, how did the locals react to two Americans arriving in town? Well, it's, um, Morantinos was very happy to have us, believe it or not. Um, they, this, they're in Palencia, which is a, uh, the second most depopulated part of Spain. Um, and new people coming into town was a great delight to them because, you know, we're, we're kicking up the, the tax base and we're keeping the, the services coming in. And as we register, we pay taxes and it makes the town stronger. And uh, after we moved in, uh, things, the, the economy got a little better and more foreigners started to come in. And five years later, a albergue opened, which run it is run by Italians. And then another year later, uh, a little two-star uh, hostel opened on the edge of town. And it was run with by a German and a Spaniard. So more foreigners came in, and the town started to grow. And, you know, people credit us with all kinds of this stuff. And, and we didn't bring them, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. we were just the first to come and see the value of the place. And I think with seeing people from outside come in and invest has made the locals a bit more appreciative of what they have. And so they're, they're all very appreciative. And we now have a, a neighborhood association and we're planting flowers outside. The ladies um, knitted little sweaters for all the trees in the plaza. Um, it's, it's all very charming now. And there's a lot more unity in the town. So I think we've done good. My husband is is English. He's not American. Um, he'll be the first to tell you that. Oh, okay, uh, right. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Sorry, correct that for the record. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, have you adopted, I suppose, the Spanish way of life, siestas and dining later at night and leisurely starts to the day? Oh, sure. <laughs> Why go to Spain? Why not? Yeah, of course. That's one of the most civilized places in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It takes some getting used to for Australians because we don't live like that. We're up very early. We, we, yeah. eat, we eat early, you know. It's, so it, was, it was unusual for me, and we've talked about that in the past. 
So you're living on the Camino itself, as we've talked about. If someone was listening to this podcast and considering doing it alone, would you tell them it's safe, Rebecca? Oh, you mean walking alone? Yes. Um, oh, sure it is. It's, I, I'm, a, I'm American. I'm from American City. Um, the, so most of the Camino is safer than, than anywhere in the United States. I feel so much more safe there. I mean, to the point where it, you know, the TV in Spain always makes America look like you know, the asphalt jungle anyway. But um, when I come, I'm in America right now. When I came back here just for this, this holiday, all my neighbors said that they were going to be praying for my safety because um, they think, you know, I'm going to be shot or blown up or something. <laughs> and, well, you know, I, don't, I have to keep telling them um, not every American is, you know, wears a cowboy hat and six gun. Or is a you know machine gun toting gangster or something, and I'm not sure they believe me. Um, <laughs> it's especially with you know the way things are going right now. Yeah. You know, they might be more more right than wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I died. But the the Camino is is safe as houses. Crazy stuff happens now and then um, because there's more people walking around with a lot of money in their pockets. There is a more um, just petty crime more than anything uh there's a little bit of violent crime but there's it's such a one-off that it makes a national news when a pilgrim is assaulted or or is robbed that it's it's big news whereas in in other countries um that's everyday occurrence yeah yeah but pilgrims are really very safe you have to use common sense but um and some people get into the the pilgrim bubble and they 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 do foolish things and leave expensive things out in the open unattended. I mean, that's just asking for it. Yeah. But, uh, and that may not be a positive thing to say, but um, you have to, you have to still use some common sense. So what would you say then to someone thinking of walking the Camino? They're listening to this podcast and they're thinking, well, should I, shouldn't I? What would you say to them? Well, I'd, I'd say to them, you know, why do you want to do this? And are you are you healthy? Are you in good shape? Are you willing to get there? And um, and yeah, you should do this if you feel the the urge to do it. Give it a try. It's not as easy as it looks. People minimize the the, the challenge of it, and it's at some point it's going to kick your ass. Um, you, can I say that on yes, the you podcast? Can. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yes. Yes. At some some point or another, you it's going to kick your ass either physically or mentally and you're going to want to quit at least once but if you can keep going it's it will it a road rises up to meet you it's it'll it will not disappoint you if you if you commit yourself to do it and you get it done some people if they're not physically able to do it and i i I have compassion for them but um sometimes you have to really push yourself but it's so worth it the payoff is wonderful so if you had your time again, would you have undertaken this mammoth task of starting an entire new life in a new country? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, would, I was, wouldn't ever hesitate. Not everybody should do this. I mean, it's not for everybody. But I was so motivated for so long. It's one of the only really giant goals I've ever had. And, um, and I had to take a long, long time, a lot of planning, a lot of plotting and scheming to, to make it happen. And I see many, many people who want to do this, and I hear from a lot of them all the time. Uh, people want to open their own albergue, and they want to have this dream life on the Camino. And 
there's a I've written an actual document about consider this, consider this, consider this. Don't do it if in in these conditions, because it's really not for everybody, and it's it's a tough go. They don't make it easy for non-Europeans to live and work in Spain, and um, you you can't just jump in without thinking a long time beforehand. Well, look, I hope one day to arrive on your doorstep to sample for myself your wonderful hospitality. Rebecca, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you for including me in your program. It's an honor to to talk to your people. Thank you so much. Rebecca Scott there, a pilgrim, an author, a blogger, and proprietor of the Peaceful Kingdom, Peaceable Kingdom in Moratinos in Spain. The blog is well worth visiting. It's moratinoslife.blogspot.com.au. Moratinoslife.blogspot.com.au. We're out of time. I could have talked to Rebecca for hours, but I'll be back next week with another <laughs> guest, another podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. Thanks for your company, and until next week, buon camino.